the Holy Spirit. That was sweet. You know, he said, my hope is built on nothing less. I dare not trust this frame. I've tried that one many times. <laughs> and I had pulled muscles, and I've hurt others, and there's been a lot that went wrong. So I just thank God that uh, we wholly trust in Jesus. That's our trust today. And so Pastor today is in Philadelphia, and he's at New Covenant Church in Philadelphia, and he asked me if I would uh, come and teach today what I share today on this theme that we've been in for the last month. What's that theme? Do we remember the theme that he's been talking to us for a month? Amen. That is beautiful when, you know, I'm a teacher outside of here, but it's beautiful when you ask a question and everyone can respond and have the right answer. That's a beautiful thing. And so, yes, we are learning to hear God's voice. I want to tell you that that is the most precious thing that you could ever get a hold of is God's voice. And these songs today have made us realize again that we need to be dependent on that voice. It can't be our frame. It can't be what we think. It can't be our understanding. It has to be on his voice. And so we have an opportunity again today to come and say, how do we live this out? How do I, Dino, how do I live this out? How do we as a body, how do we live this out? And all, I, all week when I came to this and I kept asking God, he kept saying the word, because he called you to be dependent on me. We're not called to be independent. We're called to be dependent on God. And I love it. If, if someone feels like, you know, you're losing your rights, no, you're not losing your rights. These are things you couldn't hold on to anyway. But when you let it all go for what you can't hold on to, you gain everything. And Jesus knew that. If you look in Jesus, look at John chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus explained it this way. I love it. He said, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. What a testimony. What a, what a declaration he made to everyone listen that day. He made it known right there. I do nothing of myself. That's what all those songs were that we were singing. Not my frame, not my thoughts. Jesus made it clear. I do nothing of myself. If you go to another verse, let's see what else he says about dependency. This is Jesus. This is God robed in flesh. And he said, I can't do nothing of myself. God was robed in flesh. He was walking amongst us. And he said, it's not me. Look what he says in John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, He said, I do nothing of myself, and I don't even have my own will. That's heavy. But he made it so clear. He didn't mince his words. He didn't, you know, take a little bit here and there. He said, no, I come to do the Father's will and not do my own will. But he doesn't leave it there. It's not just his will. It's not just I only, I can't do nothing myself. Look what he says in John 12, 49 and 50. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me the command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, not just, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Pastor's been talking to us for a month about 
hearing God's voice. And he keeps referring back to these scriptures. That Jesus, God moved in flesh. He said, not my will, not my words, not my actions. I see what I see the Father doing, and I say what I hear the Father saying. That was dependency. And church, these songs, I didn't tell them what songs to sing. The Holy Spirit did. I just say, yo, pick all these songs where, where we say, not me, not my frame, not my understanding. That's God. That's because he wants us to hear what he's saying in the house. That's what he's calling us. That's our B. That's the place where, where we are in the body. He's shepherding us there. Do you know? I, I realized that this week. He's shepherding us. He's a good shepherd. He's shepherding us into a place that we're not running around in our own will. That we're not running around on our own understandings. That we're not running around and saying, oh, I want to do this and do that. And then we miss it. That's not what he wills for us. His will is everlasting. And it starts again today. He's bringing us again and he's saying, let me shepherd you into this dependent place. I remember hearing about teaching about sheep before. And one of the pastors a long time ago said, you know, sheep, they're dumb. But I heard that, but it didn't stick right with me. I was like, you know, I don't sound like my father. You know, my father because he likened these other words, sheep, they're not dumb. It didn't stick right with me. And then when I, I really start finding out about sheep, I found out that sheep are dumb. They're dependent. They're dependent. They know their shepherd's voice. And I love this place and that God is shepherding us because imagine when his voice is there, the sheep run to him. What's that? Picture that in your head. They're getting closer to the shepherd. He says their voice, and they run to him. He's getting closer. But guess what? There could be a sheep over there and a sheep over there and a sheep over there, and he calls them by their name, and they run to him. Guess what that means? They're not just getting closer to him. They're getting closer to one another. They're getting closer to each other. That's the body of Christ. And remember, getting closer to God isn't about doing more. I had to learn that one. I'm talking to you from my experience. Getting closer to God isn't let me do more. Try harder. That's not getting closer to God. Getting closer to God is surrender. When you want to get closer to God, you surrender. That's what Jesus said. He said, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. It's not my will. He didn't say, oh, let me try harder. He said, no. I'm going to surrender. It's all of me. This week, this whole past week, we have been in prayers and fasting in this church and with our church sister and brothers and sisters in Philadelphia. All week we've been praying and fasting, and it has been an all of me prayer and fast. All of me. That all of me means that it's not just 90 minutes on Sunday. And forgive me, because the last time I was here, I shared that. God is, is telling us this church, our body, this what he's doing, it's not 90 minutes. It's not 120 minutes. It's not Sunday only. It's New Testament. It's, it's God with us. God with us. Us with God. It's not us just coming in here in this house. That's why when Pastor Terry came, he said, listen, remember, your house, your temple, it's you. So wherever you are, you're the temple of God. God's with you. That's church. Remember, when you go home in your house, that's a temple. That's God. That's church. And remember, when we come together here, that's God. This is church. I love the New Testament church when you read about it in the book of Acts. It's amazing. It's beautiful. They went from prayer meetings to prison. I was like, whoa, all of a sudden. And then they had prayer meetings in prison. God has been 
in this transition. It's, you know, we're in new places. We really are. I said it before. I mean, I'm up here. That's a new thing. But I share this with you. I love what Pastor Terry has shared with us, that there is an aroma wherever this we are. And I thank God that that aroma in this house is his word. That the aroma in this house is God's spirit. That the aroma in this house is the love of God that is abounding amongst us. And I thank God because I have sensed it, the humility between one another, that we continue to esteem each other more than ourselves, loving our brothers and sisters like we would do ourselves. And I thank God because he is going to pour out and he's pouring out the oil of unity. And I'm going to tell you, unified, there's nothing that can come against something that's unified. They say a house that's divided falls, but when it's unified, and God is bringing unity in the house. And I thank God because he's pouring out his windows of heaven and he's pouring out the fruit of him, his love. His goodness, his gentleness, his faithfulness, his long-suffering, his self-control. He is pouring that out. And you know what he does? Freely we receive that. We come and freely he gives us those things. And then he says what? Freely give it. You know what that is? That's kingdom advancement. When God gives you something and then he says, I freely gave that to you. Now freely give it. Kingdom Kingdom advancement, whatever he gives you, you say, God, is this for someone else too? You can ask him that. And he'll lead you. And his kingdom will advance. And so today we have an opportunity to personally, collectively gather around this table again and acknowledge that we cannot live on bread alone. We cannot live on bread alone. I can't live on what I just ate for breakfast, what I'm going to eat this afternoon, what I'm going to put in this body. We have to live, the Bible says, on every word of God. That's his voice. That's him. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And he is. And if he's the way, that means that there's a place in him that we go. If he's the truth, that means that there's a place in him that we should know. And if he's the life, there's a place in him that we live and have our being. And he's shepherding us into that place. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You will know me. You will go with me. And you will have your life with me. He's speaking. We're talking about, can you hear his voice? He's speaking. He wants us to draw near. He wants us to listen. Why? Because he wants intimacy with us. He wants relationship with us. I and my Father are one. And those that you have given me, let them be one with me. That's what he wants. He wants intimacy and relationship. You've been around the streets. You've been in your workplaces. It's all divided. The enemy's running amok and he's, he's separating people and families and, and he's doing his work. And God is saying, not in my house. Not in my house. I am speaking that I am calling for them to draw near to me, to hear my voice. That we would have relationship and we would have intimacy. I love what Pastor Terry said about hearing God's voice. I brought a, a handkerchief today because, not for sweat, but for tissues. <laughs> Pastor Terry said when he started talking to us about hearing God's voice, he said, I always tell people, you know that you know that you know that you know. And he goes, oh, man, he had like a slight rebuke in him. He's like, you know, it's not great teaching to tell somebody, you know that you know that you know that you know. And he's right. It's not great teaching. But you know what it is? It is true. It is true. 
Anyone who has heard the voice of God, you know that you know that you know. So what's God saying to us now? He's saying that over this last month, he's been bringing us his word to teach us his voice so that we would be those that know that we know that we know. That we would have our confidence in that and our boast would be in God. I'll tell you again today, you know, before you come up here and get to share in this way, last time I went to the bathroom and I, I read something on the wall and it said, you know, his grace is before you. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. And today I went to the bathroom downstairs and I was washing my hands and it said, confidence. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. I boast my confidence is in you. So thank God for the bathrooms. And, and, and again, being sensitive and hearing his voice, looking for him. We're being called into that place. Why? For ourselves? No. For the lost. Why? So that we can lead in what we are learning. We're, we're the word of God. This is our, this is our instruction. This is our commandment. This is our God. And he's given us an opportunity to, to learn of him and so that we can then lead in what we learn. And so my prayer today is that we would be dependent. That we would have a fix on us. You know when they said they put the blinders on and they're fixed? That we would come to a place, not just one or two of us, not just the worship team or the intercessors, but I'm talking the youth, I'm talking about the elders, I'm talking about the body, the congregation, here in this city and throughout the world. That we would get fixed and dependent on Christ. You know what David said? I love, by the way, Stephen, I love what you shared today about David. You know, when he said one thing. Again, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're saying. One thing, one thing. I love what David said in Psalm 23. And most of us can repeat Psalm 23 right off the top. But David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He prepares a table before me. He anoints my head. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I love that. Some versions say, he said, I lack nothing. He's a good shepherd. He's shepherding us. You're safe under his place of being your shepherd. He goes on to say in John 10, 27 through 30, if media could put it up, the sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. To all eternity, they shall never by any means be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all else. And no one is able to snatch out of the Father's hand, I and my Father are one. The devil's a liar. You in the Father's hand, you're safe. And he, I love Jesus' words. He says, the sheep that are mine, they hear and they listen to my voice, and I know them and they follow me. That's the whole reason why we're learning to hear his voice. So that we could be in that place where he said, I know them, that we can now, I know him. I have a good report. I can give an answer to who my God is. In John 10, verse 3, 
Jesus continues to talk about the sheep. He's not, he doesn't hold back his teaching about his voice. He doesn't hold back his teaching about being a shepherd. He doesn't hold back his voice about us being his sheep. He says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they come. He calls his own sheep by name. We can say that. I know Pastor Terry does this all the time. Say, he calls me by name. You can say that. He calls me by my name. He calls you by your name. Calls me by his name. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They will come and go freely. Verse 9. Jump to verse 9. They will come and go freely and they will find good pastures. My oh my. That's the shepherd we're talking about. That's the voice that we're talking about. When I, when I was praying over those scriptures this week, I asked God, I said, well, how do I communicate this in a way? He says, share. I call them by your name. That he knows our name. He's going to call you by his name. How about Samuel? What did he say? Samuel! Samuel! He's going to call you by your name. He knows you. That's the voice of God. There's not even a hair on your head he doesn't know. So devil, you're a liar. He knows your name. But he doesn't just talk to you by calling you by your name. If I did that with my kids, I would drive them crazy. Jeremiah, Roman, Antonina, Sophia, Lydia. If I just kept calling them by their names. But God don't just call us by his, our names. You know what else he calls us by? He calls us according to what's in his heart for you. This is my son, who I love. What did he say to Jesus at his baptism? This is my son, who I am well pleased. That's how his voice is going to come to you. His voice is going to come to you, and he's going to speak to you his heart. And it's not always going to be an easy word. Because there's the things that he's going to have to lovingly discipline us through. He disciples us. He's a good shepherd. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to come from a heart that it is always going to be tied to the nature and the character of who God is. It can't be outside of his character. So it's going to be gentle. It's going to be compassionate. It's going to be loving. It's going to be just. It's going to be fair. It's going to be who he is. That's the voice of God. It comes from him and it goes back unto him. All things are from God and then unto him. When his voice comes to you, it will come from him and unto him. And I love it. He'll talk to you in relation. He'll talk to you by name. He'll talk to you in his heart and he'll talk to you in relation. This is my son. This is my daughter. These are the chosen. They're a royal priesthood. He'll come to you and he'll speak to you and even in relation. You know why? Because the enemy's coming to try to sow doubt and break all that apart. And God said, no, when you hear my voice, it's going to come and it's going to speak your name. It's going to give you my heart and it's going to tell you your relationship to me. I love where that scripture ended. It said that, and he came to give us everlasting life. You know, pastors talked about that before. That's freedom. It said that they're going to come in and out of the gates. And did you, could you put up verse 9 again? I love that, that picture at the end. We're not just, God doesn't just call us. and put, It says, and they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Not that we all sitting in one place. The place he calls me to is different than where he calls Donna. The place where he calls to me is different than where he calls each one of us. But we will know that, guess what, where he's leading me and I hear him and I follow him, it's going to be coming and going freely with him to good pastures. But his voice also 
is quick to reveal to us who we are. Because we are in this earthen vessel. And his voice is very quick to, to tell us who we are. And the Holy Spirit is, is our helper there. Thanks be to God for the Holy Spirit. When his voice comes and he's revealing me to him, to me, his Holy Spirit does that. And God shows us that clearly in his word. He shows us that in Mark 4, 13 through 20, when he talks to us about the word coming to the soils. If we can put up Mark 4, 13 through 20. This is God revealing us to us. This is God revealing us to us. Where he goes, we know the seed is good. We know the voice is good. He said, my, the, the seed is my word. But he lets us know that there's seed. And he says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? I love what Pastor Terry talked about parable and he explained it. A parable is a, a, a teaching that takes something that we all can relate to, like gardening, but it has a spiritual meaning. That's a parable. And so he takes this parable of good seed and going into soil and he says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand the, the other parables, all the parables? And go on to the next verse. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. I want to highlight two things. As I was studying this week, the Holy Spirit gave me a highlight. Two things when we read these scriptures about this sowing. There are four different soils. There's the wayside soil. There's the stony soil. There's the thorny soil. And then there's the good soil. But one thing that really jumped out at me, because we're talking about what? Hearing the voice of God. The thing that jumped out to me is, look at this one right there. It said, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And then what does it say next? When they hear. That jumped out at me. And then I went down to the next one to where it was stony. And guess what it said? When they hear. And then I went down to the next one where it said there was thorns. And it said, when they hear. So guess what? I would suggest that Despite the condition of the heart, God speaks and there is hearing. Because the only thing that's different is if we go to the last one, it said this. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear and accept. God was revealing not so much about his voice here. He was revealing to us, us. He was revealing to us and saying to us, wait a minute. Yes, there's so many times. You know, when they talked about the thorny ground here, it said in the thorny ground, it said that there were cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. The desires for other things. Can God get a little bigger and broader on that topic desires for other things I have fallen into that category far too many times but it did not none of those places ever stopped me from being able to hear the voice of God the question was did I accept it that's where we're at congregation Dino, my family, my mother, all my friends. That's where we're at. We have to lay down these desirous other things. We have to be vigilant in these hours. We have to be those that accept. I looked that word up, accept, in the Hebrew. That's a good thing to do, by the way. When you're studying the word, 
go and find out what that word means and, you know, what, are the, what is the definition of it? It means that you receive it. Imagine getting a gift. I thought about that, getting a gift. Somebody's, oh, here's a gift for you, like the voice of God. Here it comes. And then you have this gift and, and you know, you, you take it, but then you leave it there. You never, you never really accept it. You don't really receive it. But that word accept, it means you receive it and you acknowledge it. There is a place when God speaks to you that we are called to acknowledge that that was God. Not just say, oh, that's the voice of God. Acknowledge it. However you have to. It's different for everybody. However you have to, acknowledge it. Some it may be to be on your knees. Others it may be to, to sit down and write it down. And Yes, God, I heard you. I'm writing this down. Whatever it may be, acknowledge it. But that word accept, it also means this. It means that you make it your own. When God speaks to you, that's manna for you. That's manna. That's him saying, here's my voice for you. Here's my word for you. And what's he say? My word is a lamp unto your feet. He's saying, Dino, here's my voice. Here's my word to you. He's saying, here is my lampstand. I am with you, and I am shining light on you. Where? It says, I'm shining light on your feet. My word will be a lamp unto your feet. That means he's showing you you. He's revealing to yourself again in his word. My word is a lamp unto your feet. He's showing you, but then he doesn't end there. He's just trying to show us you. He goes, but now I want to walk with you. He goes, and now let my word become a light unto your path. Now he's going, let's do this. Let's walk it out. I love it, too, that he used your feet. Because you know what I realized? That's the farthest place on my body that I, my eyes can see. I was like, well, okay, God, you're really giving me a whole perspective. He ain't just, oh, whoa, all the way down there? Okay, that's all of me. He said, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. <clears throat> so that's where we are today is he's revealing to us the waysides in our, in our hearts. He's revealing to us the stony places in our hearts. He's revealing to us the thorny places in our hearts. And let's not be ignorant. They all heard. No matter what condition your heart is in, they all heard. But we are called for such a time as this to do what? Accept that word. Recognize that it's God. Acknowledge that it's God. And write it down and run with it. You know what else is so beautiful about this sowing seed parable? I love how he, he did all that. But look what he said after he's the good ground. He said, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. You know why he speaks? You know why he calls you by name? Why his word is revealing himself to you and yourself to you? Because he wants us to be fruitful. This isn't all because we're a puppet on a string. Because I know that something, oh, you're, you're, you're God, you know, you're a puppet. No, my God, he wants me to be fruitful. My God said there'll be 30, there'll be 60, and there'll be a hundredfold increase. That's the heart of my God. That's my Father. He wants increase in the fruit of the Spirit in each one of us. He wants us to increase in the image of his son. He wants us to, to grow in, into the maturity of Christ. He wants us to come away from being babes and, and now being able to, to take the meat of his word. And he doesn't end there. He's already made so many promises to those that, that are uh, mature and, and moving with him. He goes, because then I'm going to pour out something that you've never 
See, not even the latter, because the greater will be better. Because there'll be signs and there'll be wonders, and there'll be even from Jesus' mouth. Greater works of these you shall do. And so we're talking about this, this voice of our shepherd. But you know, the scripture tells us there's another voice. There's a voice of a stranger. And let's look at John 10, verse 5. They won't follow a stranger. We're talking about the sheep again. We're talking about the sheep and the shepherd. And he doesn't stop there. And I'm a speech language pathologist, and I'm just going to share by trade, and I'm just going to share this to you. When you teach something, you teach what it is, but you also teach what it isn't. And when I communicate with my wife a lot of times, I might say something, but then I'm like, oh, I better tell her what I'm not saying also. Let's cover all the bases. Right? You know, let me tell you something. Our God covers all the bases. And he's covering the bases right now when he's talking about his voice. And he goes, listen, he goes, you're going to know the shepherd's voice. And don't be slow to acknowledge it, receive it. But he goes, you're also going to know that there's a stranger voice. And do not follow that stranger voice. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And he goes on to say, yes, I am the gate. And those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastors. I hope you all have that in your hearts and your minds. Holy Spirit, continue to bless each one of us to see that coming and going freely and good pastors with you. I'm sorry. But then he goes on the 10. He says, but the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill. And destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Or it says in King James, have life and have life more abundant. There's a vast difference here between the shepherd and the stranger. And I just want to speak to anyone who is being lied to by that stranger, whether you're in this room or whether you're online. That stranger is a liar. He's a deceiver. He's an accuser. He comes to sow doubt. He comes to sow uncertainty. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And I want to take two scriptures in the word where the deceiver came and spoke in the word. So we can highlight again, because we are not ignorant to his devices. So let's go to Genesis 3, verse 1. This is Genesis. The serpent was already revealing himself. Thanks be to God that already in Genesis, we were getting a witness of the devil's voice and how he was going to try to operate in, in our camps. He came to Eve, and he says this to Eve. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day, the serpent asked the woman, Did God really say? What's he trying to sow there? Praise be God. Yes, thank you. She, she covered him up. She goes, Doubt. No, that's right. That's the serpent. That's the stranger's voice. He's going to come and he's going to say the very thing that God said, he's going to try to bring down. Did God really say? But he don't just stop with trying to sow doubt and bring uncertainty because he's a liar. Look what he says next when he goes down a little further. He says this in verse 4. And then the serpent said, you won't die. He lied with an exclamation point. We're not ignorant to the devil's devices. That is the stranger voice. 
But let's go a little further. That was in Genesis where already we hear that voice coming forward. Now we hear uh, the voice where he comes to Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, he knew who he was. The devil knew that was Jesus. That was the Son of God. He knew that that was God robed in flesh. And what did he say? If. He's trying to be a deceiver. He tried to bring doubt. You ain't going to bring doubt into Jesus. But you know what? He kept going on and on and on. And when you read through this, when you have time and you go back and read, he comes on there and he starts getting a little pushy. You know what? Why don't you take these stones and make them bread? And then he takes him up to a, a higher place and he goes, oh, look, look, you know, why don't you jump off? Why? Comes to kill. Why don't you jump off here? And then he takes him into all the kingdoms and says, I'll give you all this if you bow down and worship me. That's, that's, that's the urging. That's the, the voice of the, the devil. Pushy. Wicked. Tries to bring a, a place to, to urge us into something that is not uh, in us of spirit. Try to urge us into doing something that, that would be in our flesh. Trying to urge us to, to do something that, that is not being uh, laid out by God in his voice to, to us. None of that was, was the Father's heart for Jesus to all of a sudden take a stone and make it bread. He just came 40 days and guess what his source was? God the Father. He was 40 days without eating and drinking and guess what his source was? And now the devil's going to come after 40 days if you are the son of God. He, you know what he said to him? He said, speak and make those stones bread. You know what I thought about when I saw that? The devil was, he, Jesus wouldn't even have had to speak to make that happen. He wouldn't even have to speak to make that happen. He could have just been like, just thought it, bread. And it, boom, it could have been bread. You know what else I, I saw too? When the devil, when he said, uh, he took him up onto the top of the church, he said, and uh, now jump off. He says, because the angels will catch you. You know what I thought about that? Jesus could catch himself. I thought about that. I was like, devil, you so dumb. You call if you're the son of God. And now, why don't you do that? Speak it. He's like, I could think that. Why don't you jump off and the angels catch you? I catch myself. I just was, I was like, come on. So I just want to, I'm making a little light of it. But there's nothing light in his, his pushy ways, his wicked ways, his deceptive ways, the ways he tries to urge us and to lead us into temptation. Because he knows then the wages of it are death. So you know, the other week, two weeks ago, Pastor Terry, he shared a little bit about this. And he made it called an altar. The Holy Spirit had an altar call. And it was lined up up here. And he said, I need oil. I want to pray over the ears of every single one that came up here. And he prayed over the ears over everyone that was up here. And I, I was with him, and I, I, you know, I was tag-teaming in a way, but I was listening, too. And, and I, you know, I was sitting there, and this is what I heard every single one. And many of you came up and received that prayer and was, and was led in the spirit for that prayer. And this is what happened in that day. And it's very integral to what God's doing right now when he's telling us, he's shepherding us, and he's learning his voice. And for such a time as this, that we are called to acknowledge it and receive it and run with it, he came up here and he prayed over every ear and he said, I close every access point to our hearing from the stranger and the serpent. And he prayed, all those channels be closed. But you don't just leave something closed. You'll learn when you learn to loose things and bind things that you also have to then fill it. And he said, then I fill it. I fill it with surrender to the voice of God. I feel it to surrender with the voice of God. I feel it to access for the Holy Spirit. I feel it for a place where there's nothing flowing but open channels of God's voice. And if we could put that slide up, 
I want to share it because it's a teaching that he put up that day. And if you didn't get it, I want you to take your phone out and take a picture of this slide because there are access points to our heart. And these are access points that the, the enemy knows how to come in and how he speaks to, you know, our ears and how our eyes and, and how uh, our feelings and, and our will. And so there's a, there's a slide that when media gets it, I, I want you to have it. Uh, I remember that day I took a picture of it and I've been praying over it. And I want us to, to be vigilant in these places. The ears, the eyes, our mind, our will, our emotion. They are all places that God wants total access. All of me. God, take my ears. Take my eyes. Take my mind. Take my will. Take my emotions. Jesus said, I do nothing of myself. And these are places that we are surrendering to God. When we were reading in these scriptures, we were reading that he was revealing ourselves with our heart condition. And these are accesses to our heart. He was revealing to us these places of access to our heart. And I asked God, I said, well, what is your word today? And he brought me to Hosea. He said, it is time to break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Hosea 10, 12, if you want to write that down and meditate on that. Hosea 10, 12, it says, break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. And then he jumps to Jeremiah and he says, break up the fallow ground and sow not amongst the thorns. Church, beloved, we are called to sow not amongst the thorns. He's calling us right now to break up this fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. And do not sow amongst the thorns. What does it mean? The thorns are the desires of this world. The thorns are all the deceitful things that are flowing around in this world that are all perish. Raw, moth, and rust will all corrupt them. He says it's time. Break up the fallow ground and sow not amongst the thorns. And so I asked him, I said, Father, how do I do that? How, how do I? How do I today? What's the practical application? I, want to, I hear your voice, God. I believe it's true. I believe that, God, you're telling me there's places in my heart, us as a congregation, where you want us to break up this fallow ground. You want the time for us to seek you. And you want us to sow not amongst the thorns. And he said this, and these weren't my words. Do you know that these were words that were given to us all week long? Last Sunday, when we were given that piece of paper that said we're going into a reset, that paper that was given to you that said all of me week, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all week we were going to pray and fast, and all week we were going to come to his word. And so as I was going through it all week, I was like, okay, God, this is good. You know, I'm praying and I'm fasting and I'm looking in your word. And I, and, and I, I knew all the scriptures. And he said, no. He said, put them together. Because I'm speaking. It's my word. And this is what, if you look back and you get that paper, this is what it said. Humble yourself, humble, humble yourself before the Lord. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people humble themselves, that's what the songs were today. Give me Jesus, not me. The second day it said, no, repent of your sins. Return to God. Confess them and know that I am faithful and just. I will forgive and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I call you to lay aside every weight and sin that is so easily ensnaring you so that you may run 
with endurance this race that is set before us. But I tell you, above all else, guard your heart. For it determines the course of your life. Renounce the places of agreement with the serpent and the stranger. There are places right now, if you think about that progression of humbling yourself before God, this was what was given to us. This isn't me coming giving you something that wasn't given to me from God. Humble yourself. Repent, for now is the time to seek the Lord. Sow not amongst the thorns. Confess your sins. He will be faithful to forgive. Begin to lay aside the snares that are there. Renounce these agreements. Why? I love the why. Because then this was a scripture on day three, Wednesday, as the deer pants for the water book. You know what happens when you get in that place where you're repentant of God, to God? You know, repentance is the most fruitful thing you could ever do. I was taught that years ago. You know, it's not, again, trying harder. It's not doing more. That's not going to get more. The most fruitful thing you could ever do is repent. When you repent, that's saying, God, I, I, I'm sorry. I was going over there. You're over here. God, I'm sorry. I've sinned, sinned against you, God. It's, again, bringing that perspective and, again, getting right with God. That's a fruitful place because guess what? That means that you were hearing, what it, that's the word, word came, conviction, that's Holy Spirit. You repented, now all of a sudden you accepted that word. And what does he promise? You'll bear fruit. And you never know if it's going to be 30, 60, or 100. That's a great gamble with God. That's awesome. It's always good. It's always good. 30, 60, or 100, it's always good. Praise be to God. But then he says in, in Psalm 42, 1 and 2, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. My soul will begin to pant for God. He's trying to awaken this place in our soul that is so encumbered in these feelings and emotions and, and encumbered with all the cares of life. And he goes, no, I'm going to tell you, you come to me and repent. You get these weights off. You begin to renounce these places, and I'm going to let you pant after me. You're going to have a living source again. And then on Thursday, he said, let us hear the conclusion in Ecclesiastes. Let us hear the conclusion of this matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This is the duty of man. This isn't just Sunday. This, and I better check the time. Hold on. Because, woo, 12.09. Ten minutes. If you bear with me, ten more. This isn't just for today. This isn't, as my wife told me today, God's word doesn't go void. That when it goes out, it won't even hit the ground. That's my prayer. My prayer that this word would run swiftly amongst us. That it would be, I, I love when they have these youth camps and they say, you know, fascinate me or captivate me, God. You know, he's an all-inspiring all God. I'm praying that his voice and and these, these, this month of him being so generous to us. You know, and he never nagged. This past month, it hasn't been nagging. He hasn't been talking to us about his voice. We're like, oh, we're going to hear. No. He's just been getting sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> Praise be to God. This is the tablet that is before us. And the last scripture was on yesterday, on that paper that we got, and it was found in Exodus 19. And so imagine this, in this scripture that we were praying and fasting all week, in Exodus 19, the children of Israel had been brought out of Egypt. And they came to Mount Sinai. And when they came to Mount Sinai, Moses was led up the mountain. Why? The voice of God. He was going up there to hear God's voice. And he goes up there and he hears God's voice. 
And I love what God says to him, by the way. He says a couple really cool things to him. Uh, he's, this one thing he said, I just have to relate to it because it made me jump. He said, um, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings to myself. That's what he said to, to Moses when he was up there. He said, do you know? They had come through Egypt. They went through the raw. He says, you saw what I did to the Egyptians? And then he said to him, and then I took you up on eagle's wings, and I bore you to myself. That's our God. That's our God. That's how he started talking to Moses up there. And then he gave him all the rest of the stuff to say. But this is the scripture, Exodus 19, 7 and 8, if they could put that up. So Moses came, and he called for the elders of the people. So Moses came and he, had, he did what we're doing right now. Moses came down and he called everybody together and he laid before them all these words which the Lord had said. I believe that's what's happening now. I believe we're having a moment again where we, all week, I've been coming to God, his word, and he said, just like in that day, this is what the people said. Can we put it up, media? Exodus 19, verse 8. I like to read us together what the people, what did the church, what did the congregation say when Moses came down? And he related to them everything that God said to them. And the people responded together. We will do everything that the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. That's the answer that I want us to bring back to God today. That's been my prayer all week long. God, that the answer that we bring back from High Street Worship Center is the answer that we will do all that the Lord has said. And so, there's a place that a heart must remain postured. Yeah, I believe there's a witness in the house of what God's saying. But how do we stay in this posture? How do we stay in this place where it's not just today, God, but God, tomorrow when I, I have to get up and go? How do I stay in this posture? And we can go to Habakkuk. We can put up Habakkuk 2 verse 1 through 2. This is Habakkuk. Now imagine, I just give you some context real quick. Habakkuk had a burden. I mean, it was heavy on him. He was looking around, and you read Habakkuk, there was violence everywhere. Everything was happening was coming down. And he was so burdened by it. And he went to God, and he, he, he was so heavy for it, but he said, let me, I want to hear God's voice. I need to hear God's voice. I, need to, I know he knows me. I know he's moving and he wants to speak. And this is what Habakkuk said. I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand at my guard post. There, I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer. That's the posture. We can go back to number one, please. That's the posture. The posture is getting into that place where you go up to the tower. What do I, what does he mean by that? We don't, we don't, you know, we're not living in those days where we all, that tower is above the swirl. Above the swirl of every day. When you can be, we said we are in this world, but we are not of this world. There's a swirl of this world that when you go in your, your day and you're in and out, you're like, oh man, that's just a lot going on. But God said, no, you could be in your watchtower. You could be looking to me, standing your post, and you could be saying, but God, I'm waiting to see what you're saying. That's a posture of your heart. That's a place where you're coming above that swirl and you're saying, that's what, that's what Habakkuk did. And he was so burdened. And there was so much going on. That's everywhere he looked. All he could see was swirl. But he said, no, no, I'm going to go up there. And you know what? There's not a lot of, uh, that's a fix. His eyes were fixed too. When you're in a watchtower and you're on post, 
I'm thinking the military, whatever. You're on post. You are fixed. You're looking for one thing. That's that David thing. This one thing I'm, I desire. And then number two, it says this, chapter uh, verse two, if we can go there. Then the Lord said, isn't that beautiful? He put himself in position, his heart was postured, and what did God do? He spoke. God spoke to him, and he told him, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Pastor Terry talked about that last week. He said, when God speaks to you, part of it is going to be for you. That's the vertical. Part of when God talks to you, it's going to be for Dino. It's going to be for each one of you. It's for us. But then there's a place that it is going to be for the horizontal where it's for someone else. And God said, listen, you write it down. You make it clear. Because he wanted the wrong message to others. He wanted the correct message to get to others. I love it. Do you know what God said to him in that chapter? I have to read it because it's so exciting. You know, you're like, okay, God, well, what were some of the things you wanted to say? What did you say that you told him? Write this down and now go get that correct message to all the runners. We are the runners. We are the one in the watchtower. We are the one on post. We are the ones who have been gifted. This is what he said to him. Look among the nations and watch, because you are going to be utterly astounded, for I am going to work a work which you wouldn't even believe, though I told you. Imagine that he was up in the, he was looking at ruins everywhere, all that going on. He got in that post and he got in that posture of his heart where he goes, I want to hear God. And God said, oh, I'm about ready to do something that will utterly astound you. Wow, that is some stuff. And then he went on to say this to him. As the waters cover the sea. Can you picture that? I teach, I'm a speech teacher, I always tell my kids, get that picture in your head. As the waters cover the sea, so will the earth be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. He told Habakkuk that. What is he saying to you? What is he saying to me? What is he saying to us? Right now, for such a time as this, I believe he's saying that he's going to do something utterly astounding. I believe that. I believe it will be the, the glory of the Lord will come amongst us. I believe that what's in that basket there, there are so many names in that basket. I believe that his will, that none should perish. I believe that those ones, that God of the Spirit is drawing them by his loving kindness to repentance and godly sorrow. Remember, God's voice is always an invitation to his love, his freedom, and his goodness. It's not going to be fear. It's not going to be condemnation. It's not going to be pushy. It's going to be to bring you to love and to goodness and to freedom. I wanted to end uh, here by just sharing to the youth, anyone under 35, even though I still think I'm kind of young too, but I just want to share to the youth, don't miss this. Let this be for now. I sat in places where this word similar came. And I still went wayward through months and years. We don't have that now. He's, I pray for the youth now that this would be something that would grip you. And not just the youth. I want it for me more and more. Stephen, you can come up. I want it for me more and more. I want it for us more and more. I want it for this city. I want it for this state and for this world. It's our only hope.
our only hope. In James, he says, understand, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to hear. He says that in James chapter 1. Understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to hear. Be a ready listener. And the way to be a ready listener, we know. We take care of those places that he's saying take care of. Hate what he hates and love what he loves. Get rid of all uncleanliness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. But in a humble and gentle and modest spirit, receive and welcome the word that you may be rooted. But don't just receive. Remember, he said, make it your own. He's calling us to be hearers and doers of the word. That doing is obeying. Be a hearer and an obeyer of the word of God. Not just merely a listener. So I asked Stephen to come up again and to lead us and give me Jesus. When you hear these scriptures, these lyrics, I don't want anything else. You're more than every dream that I ever had coming true. All of the things I thought I wanted don't come close to knowing you. Give me Jesus. Jesus.